on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman, and left to my own devices, I've scheduled a great show for you today. First, I'm going to take you through the LA Galaxy's 3-2 win over FC Dallas that took place last weekend. And to help me do that, we'll be joined by Fox Sports announcer Mark Rogandino. Then we're going to get you ready for the LA Galaxy 2 playoff game on Saturday night as Los Dos will take on the Orange County Blues. To give us all the insight on LA Galaxy 2, we'll be joined by their head coach, Kurt Analfo. Finally, we're getting you ready for Sunday's senior team match with the Seattle Sounders. Along the way, we'll get you post-game audio, standings, schedule, and everything else in between. We've got a great show, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here's your host, Josh Getzman. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am Josh Gessman, your host, as Mr. Michael Araujo just told you. I have a great show planned for you tonight. Like I said, lots of guests, lots of stuff going on tonight. So it's going to be jumping around all over the place, but I think we got a really great show, some some good information for you. I'm excited about it. I hope you are, too. No co-host today. Corey and Jared both busy tonight, which is what happens sometimes, and no problems. So you guys get to be stuck with me just a little bit, and I'll do my best to get you through this FC Dallas game, the 3-2 win over FC Dallas, obviously great, and then in the next segment, after I come back from commercial, I'll be joined by Fox Sports' Mark Rogandino, great guy, glad I finally got to have him on here, seven-year voice of the LA Galaxy, by the way, if you if you can remember back that far, so Mark will be joining me uh, coming up in the next segment and to, uh, to maybe give you a little bit different perspective on this FC Dallas game. All right, so here we go. Starting with the FC Dallas 3-2 win, if you were expecting this to be a uh, an LA Galaxy blowout, it certainly had the looks of that from the very beginning. The first 15 minutes of this game were clearly the best 15 minutes I think I might have seen the LA Galaxy play this year, but unfortunately, 45 minutes makes a half and 90 minutes makes a game, so uh, a little closer than I think I would have predicted after the first 15 minutes. Obviously, maybe maybe 10 to nothing would have been a better store, score to predict after the first 15 minutes of this FC Dallas game. So the lineup for your LA Galaxy was pretty much what we now expect. There are, We always go through this with Bruce Arena. We talk about how he loves to change lineups until you get to the end of the year. Once you get to the end of the year, we know he's going to start being very consistent with the people that he, that he picks. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, Robbie Keane up top. That seems to be what Bruce really wants to go with, all right? He doesn't want Jesse Zardes up top yet. Uh, maybe Giovanni Dos Santos doesn't want to play midfield. It just, it, it, it's, that's the way it's going to go. Although I think Zardes' better position is definitely up top with Robbie Keane. Right now, Giovanni Dos Santos uh, is that pairing with Robbie Keane. And it worked out very well for the LA Galaxy having Gio up top. So I don't think we can sort of look at that and say that this was a bad thing. It was it was a good thing. Again, going from uh, right to left, it was uh, Zardes, Juninho, Gerard, and Sebastian Legette in the center. AJ De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez, Leonardo, Robbie Rogers, and Donovan Ricketts in goal. All right, the LA Galaxy, again, like I said, started out very quickly, started out very fast. And I think for this team, that's very important. They have to start out quickly. They have to have the energy. And it may be one of the reasons that they struggle so much on the road is sitting back, playing that road team, looking at the home team to have all that energy and having to defend the first 15 minutes. That is what 
this team sort of sort of lacks whenever they can't go forward. So you don't want them to get stuck. All right, you don't want the LA Galaxy to not be moving forward. And as a road team, that's sort of what they do. If they come out on the road with energy in the first fifteen minutes, they very well could be just as good as they are. At home, So it's something that we have to watch and look for and see where the Galaxy succeed. And in the first 15 minutes, it was pure energy, pure speed. Now, we talked leading up to this game that FC Dallas had a lot of speed and that speedy teams tend to give the Galaxy problems. But I think you saw how clinical this team can be whenever they're able to pass around people, pass through people, move off the ball, be direct with the ball. I mean, this LA Galaxy team now and most of their wins doesn't have the most possession. All right. And if you're looking at that, they don't have the most possession, then you have to understand that the other team's going to have more of the ball. All right. So if you see all of that happening, if you understand that Dallas is going to see more of the ball, then you have to understand the Galaxy must score quickly and score a lot. And that's kind of what happened in this. I mean, ultimately, Robbie Keane hit the crossbar twice. So this could have been two more goals. And I think Robbie probably kicked himself. Um, All three designated players get goals and two early goals, 11th and 14th minute. And this was during the time when the LA Galaxy looked like they were going to run rampant over FC Dallas. I mean, Dallas, again, I think they have a lot of speed. I think that they have a lot of um, of talent, and I think they're a very good team. But they should, realistically, they shouldn't match up against the LA Galaxy. Not whenever they play, not whenever the Galaxy play, um, like they did in the first 15 minutes. So it was good to see that. I like seeing the passing. I like seeing the involvement of lots of players, getting the front six involved in most of the buildups. And, you know, everybody wants to call it a counter counterattacking style. And I, I don't want to say that because, yes, it is. Um, but a counterattack to me is like two passes and you're, you're, you break out and you, you run right through people. It's not what the Galaxy do, which is... Yes, they break out quickly, but that's also multiple passes, five, six, seven passes in order to free somebody up. And you saw in the first goal from Giovanni Del Santos, just just the way that, you know, Jassy Zardes was able to get the ball to Robbie Keane and Robbie Keane was able to, you know, sort of find uh, Gio there and just just the complete passing and matchup and everything that went along to build up that beautiful Great touch by Giovanni Dos Santos in the 11th minute that started that scoring. Robbie Keane gets the next one, assisted by Giovanni Dos Santos. Should be no surprise. I like seeing Sebastian Legette involved in these buildups because he sort of he sort of come down a little bit from his from his peak that we were seeing. And obviously, anybody scoring that many goals whenever they come in to a team for the first time is gonna start coming down off that peak. And so um, you want to see him being you know, starting to contribute or continuing to contribute and to be in dangerous places and maybe understand that people are now looking to sort of box him out and, and mark him off of this, uh, this team. So now that they're paying more attention to him, maybe he has to pass the ball a little bit more. But nonetheless, that was good to see. So again, first 15 minutes, everything great. No problems. All right. Galaxy continue to add some pretty good pressure overall whenever you look at the, uh, the overall timeline of the match. But this is also about the 20th minute is when FC Dallas started to take more and more possession. And realistically, if you go into halftime two to nothing for the LA Galaxy, um, I think you'll find that, 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 that the game would have been over by then. I, I really feel like FC Dallas would have been dejected at having been shut out and played so badly for the first 20 minutes yet. You know, and then they come back and and to to have to go into halftime and sort of see that score being two nothing. I think that you could see sort of that that the Galaxy would have a lot more momentum coming into the second half. As it is, FC Dallas scores a goal. Now, listen, horrible goal. The defense again. If we're going to start talking about something that you want to worry about, offense is back right now. We found them. If anybody was worried where they were at, um, we found we found the LA Galaxy offense after three games of not scoring a goal. Uh, I think Bruce Arena, I'll get to some post-game from Bruce Arena. He has something to say about that, that there was nothing wrong with the Galaxy over those three games. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, you, you saw the defense struggle, and it's the same point that I always worried about, is that um, they just can't seem to put a complete performance together. And this time, it was Robbie Rogers. Um, Robbie Rogers makes a mistake. I was not happy with uh, with his particular defense. And then, of course, Donovan Ricketts gets caught off his line and can't handle this little looping ball that uh, Barrios put up there. And, and 
you know, let's give a little credit to FC Dallas. They are good, especially Barrios. Barrios played very well, I thought. Um, you know, Diaz is great and fun to watch. They have a lot of fun guys to watch. I really do, you know, I'm glad we won so I can tell you how much I enjoy watching FC Dallas. Uh, you know, Castillo, uh, Barrios, Diaz, Akindele, all of these guys are just so good, speedy, a lot of fun. They're just, they're good to watch. And in this particular case, it's Barrios out jumping, although... Somebody told me, I said, Robbie Rogers gets out-jumped for a ball that really had no business uh, you know, being played in the back there. Um, but Robbie Rogers got out-jumped, and somebody said, well, he would have had to actually jump in order to get out-jumped, and, and that is correct. Robbie Rogers didn't leave his feet. So I don't know if he didn't see the ball or what. It was bad positioning, um, didn't anticipate, and then, of course, Donovan Ricketts gets it. Um, I do not miss Jaime Pinedo, as somebody has asked here in, uh, in in our Periscope chat room. Remember, you can get all of our shows live on Periscope whenever we record them. I do not miss Jaime Pinedo. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he deserted the team, um, and I don't need players like that on the team. What am I getting out of Donovan Ricketts? I'm getting enough. I'm getting enough. Um, Jaime Pinedo used to kick the ball out of bounds just as much as Donovan Ricketts, and Donovan Ricketts is way, way more comfortable with the ball at his feet than than uh, than Jaime Pinedo ever was, quite honestly. Um, that really was the way it is. So if you want to go ahead... Um, and hang your hat on a Jaime Pinedo, a guy who left and now is not playing soccer. He literally left the team to not play, and that was better than being on the team. So apparently a contract was so horrible that he could just afford to not play soccer anymore. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like that. Um, I'm glad to sort of say, look at Donovan Ricketts. What you're getting with Donovan Ricketts is exactly what you see. He's not going to be great. He's going to be able to make some saves. He's going to do a good job. I mean, if you look at the stats in this game, there were a bunch of shots on target. FC Dallas had seven shots on target, all right? And Donovan Ricketts made a bunch of saves that were very easy, really easy to make, um, you know, nothing major. Most of them were right at him, and that's all I'm asking for, all right? The mistake that he made on the first goal, obviously it's a mistake. If Roger, Robbie Rogers is playing defense correctly, then he doesn't have anything to worry about, and, and Donovan Ricketts doesn't have to do it. So I am happy with Donovan Ricketts. I'm not happy with his performance on the play, not with Robbie Rogers either. Not happy with his performance on the play, but nonetheless, that's how it goes. Um, the LA Galaxy going to halftime then, 2-1. to one. Uh, should have been two to nothing. It's not. That leaves uh, Steven Gerrard to come in and get the goal, a good scrappy goal. Um, some interesting words from Steven Gerrard, actually, and I think maybe we can start with some of our post-game audio now as we as we sort of go that. But, you know, he's really telling people that he is playing in a defensive position now. So here he is. Somebody asked him whether or not... Uh, whether or not he thought he had one of his better performances, which I think he did have one of his better performances. But here is uh, Steven Gerrard's answer to that. For me, since I've been a young boy, um, the main buzz is to win football matches. Uh, the second bonus is to always contribute, whether that be an assist or a goal. So it's always nice to get on the score sheet. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more to my game than, um, you know, getting on the score sheet. I, I do defensive work, I do attacking work. Um, I'm actually playing in a defensive role at the moment. Um, so... It's difficult to um, contribute consistently, but um, I'm working on it. All right, so Steven Gerrard says he's playing in a defensive position. Um, I'm sure I've talked to a bunch of people who actually look at uh, at where Steven Gerrard is playing, and, and they could tell me whether or not I think that's true. I think that he has to play defense because um, he's a midfielder, and that's part of his job. Um, and that's sort of how the LA Galaxy play. It seems like they're playing more flat with Juninho and Steven Gerrard, which basically means that Juninho can go forward and Ger- Gerrard has to cover back, or Gerrard can go forward and Juninho has to cover back, and that's sort of how it is. It's, it's, it's sort of flip-flopped. It's not like whenever Marcelo Sarvis was here and Marcelo Sarvis goes forward and Juninho always just sort of stays back there for defense. It, it doesn't seem to me to be that way. So if Steven says he's playing defense, then I guess he's playing defense. But, um, you know, there's other things I wanted to get to in the postgame audio. Obviously, the LA Galaxy win because Steven Gerrard scores that goal. Um, Good scrappy play by Omar Gonzalez, who only, I think, a week or two weeks before said that he's not in charge of creating offense. That's not his job. He's just in charge of defense, and that's all he worries about. And guess what? Guess what, Omar? You contributed to the offense, so you get a gold star on that one. Um, really, it was about, uh, you know, Omar Gonzalez trying to get that ball on frame. Steven Gerrard there to put it back into the net, basically, on the corner kick, and, and that's what you have. I mean, that, that's how it goes. Steven Gerrard gets the goal that we need him to get because eventually FC Dallas will come back and score another goal. Listen, when the Galaxy bunker, when any team bunkers, 
you're going to give up a lot of chances. Here is uh, here's Omar Gonzalez basically on the dying minutes of that game and what happened to sort of allow this goal. Yeah, um, we weren't able to clear our lines. Every, every time we got the ball out, uh, went straight to a Dallas player, and uh, we weren't able to get our, get our lines out. But, you know, uh, we stayed compact. We made them go out, out wide, and, and uh, you know, we gave one up, but we didn't, we didn't give the, the, the third one up. So, excuse me. So that was good. And um, I think it's good practice, you know. We're not going to be able to win every single game 3-4-0. Three, three, We're going to have to be able to win 1-0, 2-1. And uh, now, that it, now that it's getting closer to playoffs, uh, I'm very happy about this win. Puts us on top. Um, and uh, feels good to bounce back. Feels good to bounce back for Omar Gonzalez. There he is after the game against FC Dallas. So he, he's good. He's happy with the. Uh, he's happy for the practice. You're not always going to win one games one nothing, two nothing. Sometimes you're going to have to scrap around. It's going to be four three and four two. So he's happy for the practice. I think I'll just leave that one for you guys. All right. I would like them to practice having clean sheets. All right. That's that's what I want to do. All right. Okay. Good. Uh, let's see. Here was another interesting one from Omar talking about the pressure the team and the defense is playing after the game. So uh, so obviously the defense has sort of been the focus point. If you go and listen to uh, to cornerofthegalaxy.com, we did a show just earlier this week with Kevin Baxter where we talked about the defense whether or not the defense is sort of that Achilles heel of the LA Galaxy and whether or not it could make them, you know, out of the playoffs early. It's certainly something to take a look at and you want to check that out, cornerofthegalaxy.com if you want to. But here's Omar talking pressure, about pressure. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of pressure. I don't, I don't feel it. Um, we have a good group of guys. We have a goal and we're all ready to work, work together to uh, accomplish those goals. All right, so there is uh, Omar Gonzalez talking about all that stuff and and uh, and how he goes. I want to get touch on a couple of other uh, comments. One from Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena talking about get, being the first to fifty points. We got fifty in the bank. Somebody else has got to get that. So uh, that that's uh, that's the most important thing. You know, we'll get our team ready for for a tough game next week. There you go. So Bruce talking about that. And then, of course, breaking the offensive struggles that the LA Galaxy have gone through over the last three games. We all saw it. There were offensive struggles. Three games without scoring a goal. That's offensive struggles, Bruce, right? I mean, how bad they were struggling. There's, nothing, there's been nothing wrong with us. Uh, I know you guys all look at the, uh, the score line and leave it at that. It's, it's all a bunch of crap. Our team's going to score goals. It's a bunch of crap. The Galaxy's going to score goals. I can understand where he's coming from that. But to just dismiss it and say that that wasn't an issue for that offense to not score a goal in the last three games, that's that's a little... Bruce is reaching for me a, a little on that. So we'll see if that happens. Anyway, so the LA Galaxy get the 3-2 win. I want to talk more about this, um, especially whenever I get back. What I'm going to do is I'll take a break. I'm going to bring on uh, Fox Sports announcer, the man who actually called this game on television um, Mark Rogan Digano is going to join me, and we can talk a bunch more about this uh, this LA Galaxy three two victory over FC Dallas. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Mark will join me whenever I get back. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on CornerOfTheGalaxy.com, and I'll be right back. COG Studios and not their mom's basement. It's Corner of the Galaxy. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh here with you again. And I wanted to get another view of this this wonderful FC Dallas game besides just mine. So my next guest is one of my favorite soccer play-by-play announcers and is drastically underrated at that position, by the way. You'll remember him as the seven-year voice of the LA Galaxy. 
Uh, he also called the LA Galaxy's 3-2 victory over FC Dallas for Fox Sports on Sunday night. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, and it's really my fault that it is the first time, Mr. Mark Rogandino. Mark, thanks for stopping by. Josh, I'm blushing already. I've never had an introduction like that. I'll come on anytime if you set me up like that, so, brother. I'm in. That This is what I do. I, I butter you up at the beginning. I get you to like me, and then that way I have guests for the show down the road. So if that works, that's, that's great. Does that mean there's a knockout punch coming at the end, though, or are we good? You never know. You never know, but I think you're good. You're, you're definitely on my nice list, so, so we'll see how it goes. But I wanted to go over this FC Dallas game. Um, I've just talked about it at length. Um, people are tired of hearing what I think about this game. I sort of wanted to get that outside perspective, obviously coming from seven years as the LA Galaxy play-by-play voice. Um, maybe, you're, maybe you're a little slanted like I am, but maybe not. Um, it always seemed like L.A. was going to run away with this game from the very beginning, but what did you see out of the first 15 minutes from the Galaxy that, that maybe surprised you? Uh, wow. Well, let me say this. Uh, those seven years were wonderful, and now being a few years removed, but you know, lucky enough to hop on some of the games when they go on that uh, MLS Sunday night on the FS1 spot. So, um, But what I saw in the first 15 minutes, Josh, is I don't know that any team right now in MLS, when they have that rhythm like that, the first 15 minutes, I mean, they're, that's almost unstoppable. Some of the sequences and the movements that even that culminated in goals, you know, were just, they were, those are magic. Those were those, their front six, almost five of six every time touching the ball and then it finishing with one of the big three. I mean, that was sensational stuff. And if they can move like that and keep that quote unquote turned on, you know, for lengthy periods of time, they're going to be awfully tough to beat. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because the Galaxy really have struggled over this year, you know, matching speed. Um, Vancouver gave the Galaxy fits this year, and it'll be interesting to see if those two teams uh, meet in the playoffs and, and sort of what the outcome could be, you know, in, in a playoff situation. But Dallas has also provided the LA Galaxy some fits, although the Galaxy have had some success. Uh, what did you think of Dallas's speed, um, especially early on and then as the game went on? And how do you think the Galaxy defense sort of handled that? Um, well, Fabian Castillo is just a handful, you know, and I did get someone who tweeted at me and said, uh, he's Colombian, not Brazilian. So I apologize to those that got that. I was, I, I must've slipped once or twice, but he's, he's talented, that guy. Uh, and I think he gives anybody fits, you know, cause he keeps defenders and for anyone who slides to it, to just slow him down, he keeps them so off balance. So it's like having a superstar player in basketball that will just drive the lane and draw so much attention. You know, other people have to get into positions they don't necessarily want to. Um, <clears throat> but so I, I thought the Galaxy defensively, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie at times, you know, you get a little bit, you hold your breath for a second because uh, the partnership between Leonardo and Omar can be awesome. But then all of a sudden you see, and I think Brad even pointed out, you'll see a few, you know, cracks in the, in the armor there. And, um, so, you know, that concerns me. I thought the outside backs would do good. I mean, they're so good at just kind of slowing the flow and just deny, 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 delay, delay, get numbers back behind the ball. Right. But, you know, I think that they'll be fine. They're, I, my thing is that they have so much possession and so many chances going the other way that you can live with a few counters as long as you get numbers back behind the ball. Well, it was surprising to sort of see the first 15 minutes I predicted after the first 15 minutes, I predicted about, you know, a 7 to nothing score line. Um, clear, clearly that didn't play out. Maybe that was a little overzealous on my part. Um, but you, you saw that Dallas was able to take some possession and, and maybe one of the, the knocks against the LA galaxy is that their attack is so quick is so pinpoint. And it's not so much that it's a counter attack, although that certainly is part of it, but it's the passing between, like you said, the front five, the front six, um, always getting touches, moving so quickly, negating that speed from Dallas it seems like the Galaxy aren't holding possession as much because they're able to strike so quickly. And in this game, maybe that hurt them a little bit. I mean, they had to see possession of Dallas, especially in that second half, and you saw that Dallas was able to sort of climb back and claw back into this game and really gave the Galaxy fits. Yeah, no, that, that is 100% accurate and 100% fair. Uh, I think that Yes, they want to have more possession. I know Bruce loves to have possession of the ball. I mean, he would love them to just switch it around through two-thirds of the field and, and, you know, put together 25 touches and then pick the exactly precise moment to then say, okay, well, now we're going to exploit this side of this side or this hole. Here we go, after 20 touches or 15 touches. But the fact is is that the, these guys, between Keane, Gerard, even Janino, and obviously Dos Santos, Giassi, I mean, legit, these guys are so creative 
that and they they're training together so they see these movements together and they see these lines and all of a sudden it's like they get the ball in one spot and one guy one guy's thinking hey all right here i'm gonna go and all two or three others react off of him and the flow the dominoes just starts and it's like why wouldn't you go fast if you're going to exploit it and create what are really good chances not just half chances they're right. getting i mean Keen hitting the bar twice would probably he she would tell you he should have slotted those. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I think he did too. So after after the game, I think he was upset at himself for missing those. Did you did you think maybe from a from a perspective where you don't get to watch every LA Galaxy game and maybe you haven't seen Steven Gerrard play that much uh, since he joined the LA Galaxy? Do you think he's fitting well with the offense right now? And and do you think he's fitting well with the defense? Do you think maybe there's some disconnects there? Uh, you know that was what I think his tenth game of his career. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, I, th- I think for the for the LA Galaxy, right? Yeah, and um, oh, maybe it was MLS career. Maybe I think it was MLS, MLS career. A <laughs> um, couple of concrete caps. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get one concrete. Anyways, um, you know, I think that uh, it's going to take some time. And I was I sat with Bruce uh, the day before the game, and he said he's still on his EPL calendar. He's still in his you know early first few weeks of his EPL season where his body is and Bruce, is, Bruce feels like he's getting stronger and stronger every day. And he said, he'll be ready down the stretch. He's really going to make more of an impact in these games coming and these playoff games coming. Yeah. And he eventually gets the, uh, the game winner in here off of uh, a little uh, scramble play by Omar and, uh, and a good reaction by Stevie G. So good stuff for the galaxy there. Um, did you really, did you feel that the galaxy defense or do you feel like the galaxy defense is the weak link of this galaxy team? Having watched this Dallas game, or I should say that knowing that the Galaxy in years past, Mark, have obviously been known as a defensive team. Um, yeah, they score lots of goals with Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan and, and, and all that stuff, you know, sort of adds together. But the Galaxy have been able to win one nothing games, 2 nothing games. This team feels a little different to me. Did it look different? Oh, yes. I mean, absolutely it looks different. Um, but I'm, I, I, I think that the defense will be able to hold because the team itself is so solid. And, and it is different because of look at the way that they're playing and the way they're attacking before. Maybe they had two or three, you know, cogs that you would go to that were, you know, you'd go through Keane, you'd go through Landon. Um, you know, obviously when they had David, you'd go through David. Right. So uh, now they have, if you have five or six of those, I said on the broadcast, I think Sebastian Legette is, like if you look at under the DP level and you're looking at pickups, He's probably one of the best ones in MLS this year. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's started a little bit slow, and he has his lulls every now and then. But he's a great great spot for how much for how much you're playing him and where he's sitting and probably where he fits into the salary and all that. I and mean, he's a great spot on that left side. I love it. No, um, no, he's he's been an excellent. In fact, I've gone so far as to say that the LA Galaxy have added Giovanni Dos Santos and Steven Gerrard to the team this year, and the best signing they made was Sebastian Legette. Uh, yeah, so no. It, 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 but you know, Josh, I wanted to also say about the when you asked me about the defense, right? That goal, that goal that uh, the Galaxy gave up, you know, off the fingertips of Donovan Ricketts. I think he would tell you that he should, he probably should have had that. His footwork let him down a little bit. He, you know, he just, yeah. I, I think that was more, that same play can happen six, seven more times, and he's going to get a finger to, to it and just kind of swat it away out to the side, no problem. Um, so. Yeah, and that, that changed because all of a sudden they have momentum going back. If it's 2 nothing going into the half, or even there was time then, even there, there was like 10 minutes left in the in the, in the the first half, there was time even for the Galaxy to probably get a third if they also to get that one. So that was a timely goal for them and, and helped them out to believe that they could be in the game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it did sort of destroy the momentum there and take a look. If we look wider, Mark, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you look at some of these these top teams in the West, the Vancouver's, the Seattle's, uh, the FC Dallas's, and the LA Galaxy, um, you know, there's some really good teams, especially, I think, matchup-wise, I think Seattle matches up well against the LA Galaxy. It, it hasn't been proven out this year because neither team has sort of been full strength anytime they've played each other. Um, it's going to come to a head on Sunday as we look a little bit forward. Um, do you see... Seattle is being able to mount a serious challenge to the to the LA Galaxy, um, not just here in the regular season, but in the playoffs in a playoff scenario. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it's power against power, you know. And if if they, if they have all their guys on the field and they're going right, then it's going to be one heck of a game. I mean, you you almost wish that they had a such thing as a two out of three series or something like that, where those teams would play three times and one team would have home field advantage, uh, but. It's going to be in that, and that environment is just so difficult up there. I mean, it really is. It's so loud, and that I'm sure this weekend is going to be, you know, at least close to 
60,000 or 55,000, something like that. It'll just be loud. Yeah, it'll, it'll be loud. It, it should be a great game, a, a little Sunday evening game. So that's always fun. And uh, I look forward to that. Mark, I, I want to certainly thank you for stopping by. I want to have you back on many, many times. So hopefully I was nice enough to make that happen. Uh, is there any play, way the uh, the fans can reach you on Twitter? Can you give them your, your Twitter account so they can harass you there? I got three. I got three things for you here, and I, you know, Josh, I'll come on anytime. You, you just reach out, and I'll be happy to come on. And as I tell Galaxy fans, I see him all the time. If they say, "Hey, you know, are you? We remember you from the Galaxy?" I say, "I love the Galaxy. Uh, they're great, and I, I will always be part of the Galaxy." I mean, heck, I have two two gorgeous rings upstairs in the drawer that I, I have to thank them for. You know, see, see. Uh, at at M on Twitter, R O G O N D I N O, and at the Real Rogo on Instagram. And uh, don't forget, this weekend on uh, MLS on FS1, the lead into you with the Galaxy in Seattle is in Colorado. Denver Rapids playing host to RSL. A uh, little little Rocky Mountain. And I top. will be there. I will be there with Brad Friedel once again. Awesome, awesome. Great place to go. Um, Colorado looking up a little bit, actually, right now. Uh, RSL beating the Galaxy um, not too long ago. So uh, so there's some that, that could be an interesting matchup. I kind of like that. And those teams don't like each other, so that's always a plus. The rivalry match always produces some good stuff, and uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of guys I think playing for spots on both sides, so uh, that always makes things interesting going down to the last few weeks of the season. Awesome, Mark. Well, once again, thanks for coming on. I'm sure I will see you around. I'll make sure to say hi. And uh, again, thanks so much for coming on. You got it, buddy. Go Galaxy! Go Galaxy! I love it. All right, that's Mark Rogandino from Fox Sports. Uh, nice enough to stop by. Whenever I get back, definitely going to take a look at some LA Galaxy news. Also going to go ahead and take a look at the game coming up on Sunday. The LA Galaxy travel up to Seattle. The take on the Seattle Sounders should be a great matchup. All right, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'll be right back. Recording deep within Landon Donovan's secret Cambodian lair, it's Corner of the Galaxy. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Let's go ahead and transition from the win the senior team had and talk about a Galaxy team that is already in the playoffs and already advancing. LA Galaxy 2 was able to go up to Sacramento and beat the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And between you and me, the city of Sacramento did not like it one bit. So to talk about that game and their next playoff game that's coming up on Saturday night at StubHub Center Track and Field Stadium, please welcome back to the show a man we've had on before, LA Galaxy 2 head coach, Kurt Analfo. Kurt, thanks for stopping by again. My pleasure to be here. Looking forward to the show. Well, uh, you know, we, we want to start with the Sacramento win. I mean, Sacramento was a team that uh, that starting with last year in the playoffs obviously knocked you out of the playoffs. Uh, a team that had your number pretty much throughout the uh, the regular season. You, you had one win against them. They beat you three times. Uh, how did the guys handle that atmosphere, and what was it like to get that one nothing win up in Sacramento? Well, first of all, it was a great win for our organization. It's a, it's, it's definitely, in my opinion, probably the most difficult place to go in MLS. And, and get a result. There's, they have, you know, a sold out crowd, 12,000 screaming fans that are very passionate about their team and their city. Um, so it's not an easy task. So credit to our, our young bucks for, for sticking to the game plan and then, you know, doing a great job and grinding out a result on the road. You know, they're a team that's really had kind of had our number, um, really over the last two seasons and, um, really, um, you know, we, earlier in the season, we, we got a 4-0 win up there on the road where we just, everything kind of went our way mm-hmm. and kind of caught them by surprise, and that was in Preki's last game. And then going into this <clears throat> this last uh, playoff game that we played last week, we just, we knew how to exploit them. They were a little bit different than um, when they played for Preki. They, they don't open themselves as much, and they're a little bit more defensively sound, so we knew it was going to be a tough task, and our, and our guys played extremely well. I'm proud of 
proud of the effort they put in. Well, well speaking of defense, you got uh, you got some great work out of your defense, especially in goal with Diop in goal. Can you talk a little bit about his play in this game and his play throughout this season? Yeah, I mean, he keeps getting better and better, and certainly in that uh, game, he he did what we wanted to do, and that's make saves that, that you know keep you in games. And you know, he came up with three or four really key saves. I think our our team defending was very good. Our back line really did a great job in the night. And, you know, the few times that they snuck through, uh, Diop was there to save the day. Yeah, it really was some, some great play. Also had a header off yeah. the line there as well from from another defender. So, um, uh, yeah. you know, I, I guess sometimes a little lucky, but also some really good defending out of that. It was a, it was fun to watch. So Yeah, I mean, whenever you're on the road, you're going to have to weather the storm. So, uh, you know, Joe Franco was really smart on one play where he just kind of read that the guy was going to, beat you up on the play and he was just there to cover for him. And that's kind of the mentality of the group. It's a, it's a really um, committed group. We've gotten better all year long. You know, our project is, is an interesting one because we have, you know, players that are signed to USL contracts and then we have players that are on the first team that get loaned down and then we have players that come up from the academy. So our, our roster is always moving and it's very difficult um, at times that have be cohesive and, you know, when you're competing against teams that have the same roster every day and they're, you know, they're, they're constantly getting better. We have to, uh, you know, deal with all those sorts of things. And, um, I tell you what, this group has, has become very tight knit. Uh, they deal with whatever gets thrown their way. When, when first team guys come down and take their spots, they've all handled it in a, in a really professional manner. And they, they really care about each other and they fight for each other. And it showed, in that game and sometimes that team unity and that spirit can kind of drive you through those difficult moments and, mm-hmm. and certainly it helped us in the, to get the win there at Sacramento. Yeah it seemed like it. you get a penalty kick goal uh, Jack McBean gets dragged down you had Brian Oliveira convert the penalty kick can you talk a little bit about Oliveira uh, you know when he joined the team and sort of what he brought? Yeah I mean he joined the team in the you know in the, in the you know during the transfer in the summer and he we knew that he was going to be another good offensive threat for us. He's, he's adapted a lot quicker than I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. He's a really astute player. He's got great skill, understands exactly what it takes. And he's been a, a great um, insertion into our team. It's afforded us to also play Ari Lasseter more as a forward, who's our leading scorer, even though he was suspended for the game at Sacramento. So right. these are all, uh, you know, good things. We have a, a lot of good options, a lot of good tacking options, and certainly you know, Brian Oliveira being added into our team at, at this crucial time has been a, it's a lift that I think uh, we've really needed. It's been great. Well, uh, you sort of already touched on it, but what does it mean for this for this next game coming up against the Blues uh, that you were able to go to a very unfriendly environment and, and grind out a win? Now you're getting to play back at StubHub Center in maybe a little bit more friendly environment. Uh, what does this sort of say about the character of this team going on the road, having a great road record, by the way, the best in USL? Yeah. Well, that's the that's the biggest thing right there. I mean, we we've we have we've won nine games on the road this year, so and that's four more than who, you know, Rochester, who's been uh, the best team in the league all year on the, East, on the East Coast. So, you know, most teams in our league have won, you know, two or three games. So it, I think it shows uh, the kind of the mental toughness and, and, and how tight-knit the group is and, and, and how well we kind of stay on task with our game plan. So it's, it's, it's pleasing to see that. And, and, no, and it's also based on where we ended in the standings probably means we're you know, if we can advance this weekend, we'd continue to play on the road. So um, that road form getting gives us confidence. And, you know, our focus is 100% now uh, on Orange County, who's a very, very good team. They ended up winning our division. They're a little bit more experienced than we are. They have an older team mm-hmm. uh, and they, and they fight, they fight hard. So we know it's going to be a dog fight and um, we look for, we look forward to the challenge ahead and hopefully all the fans that are listening will come out and support us. The game's at 7:30. That's sat- on Saturday night at StubHub Stub uh, track field, and it's a great intimate atmosphere, and get to see the future of the LA Galaxy. So it's a fun night. Yeah, it's always a good time going there, and I'll uh, I'll hit it before we go again to make sure everybody knows the details and where you can go. Um, but why the venue change? I know this game was originally supposed to be played down in Orange County. It got it got <laughs> there switched. was an issue with their stadium, and you know, so we lucked out. So you know, we we finished two points out of first place, which meant we lost home field advantage, but we were fortunate enough to gain it back. So <laughs> maybe there was maybe that was a soccer god saying that we should have won the division. We certainly. Uh, 
lost some points that we shouldn't have right. throughout the season. And and uh, the important thing is that we're hosting, and we got to make sure we take care of business and and you know stick to our game plan and and face a, a team that we, we think is very very good in in Orange County. What what does your team need to do? You're going to tell them one thing before they head out on the field. What do they need to do against Orange County in order to advance here? Well, as simple as it sounds, you have to compete just as hard as they do. Last time we played them, they beat us 2-1, and they scored a goal in the ninth minute. And quite frankly, they out-competed us the entire game. Mm-hmm. So for us to compete and, and, and for us to have a chance to win the game, we have to we have to match that intensity. We have to roll up our sleeves and fight and win our individual battles on the field that enables us and positions ourselves to have a chance to win the game. So. That to me is the, is the single most thing. I mean, we all, we have a tactical game plan that we feel very confident in, but tactics get thrown out the window if you don't roll up your sleeves and fight and and have the intensity that the other team brings. And it's going to be a, a spirited game. You know, there's a lot of certainly a rivalry between the two teams. It's a it's a um, you know a series over the last two years that we've kind of dominated, except for the last two games they tied us and then beat us. So. Right. You know, they feel, I'm sure they'll feel very confident going in as we do. And we know it's going to be, um, you know, a whole different ballgame because it's a playoff. So uh, we got to roll up our sleeves and fight and make sure we're ready to play. Well, it sounds like a good plan. I know you talked about the fans coming out. You want to see them out there. What would you like to see from that LA Galaxy fan base? Uh, you know, senior team coming down just, to watch you too. Just continue to do what they've been doing. We've had, a, a you know, a nice atmosphere all year long, very supportive. I think they really understand what we're doing. We have a younger team. We probably have the youngest team. if not the youngest in the league. Mm-hmm. And all these experiences help these guys move forward um, and, and w- with their careers and, and hopefully to play for the first team. And, and now it's, it's all about, you know, taking the experiences and the lessons learned throughout the season and then, you know, channeling all that into, you know, a positive way so that we can do what the Galaxy does best, and that's win championships. Well, the LA Galaxy 2 take on Orange County Blues FC on Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. StubHub Center Track and Field Stadium. Tickets are $10. Uh, walk-up tickets available. You can also uh, call one eight seven seven three galaxy and then free parking for fans attending the LA Galaxy 2 match. But you need to find lot... I, all right, through gate I in lot 16. So gate I, lot 16, off of University Drive. Kurt, I want to thank you for uh, stopping by. We always enjoy you coming on. Good luck on Saturday. Uh, hopefully, I'll be talking to you after the game about the victory. Fantastic. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. That's LA Galaxy 2 head coach Kurt Anolfo on the show again. Always great to have him on. Uh, really good stuff. Again, get out there. I'm going to be there. Lots of people are going to be there. You need to be there to support this team. This is about championships in the LA Galaxy. This team's about ready to win a championship, all right? Fell short last time. You need to come out and support them against Orange County. All right, going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever we get back, we are going to start looking at that Seattle game. Also hit standings and schedule and everything else like I told you I was going to do at the end of the previous segment. We're really actually going to get to it this time. And one of my writers... Wendy Thomas is going to join me to talk about that. It's going to be a great segment, so don't miss it. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and I'll be right back. Let's try it again. Here we go. Recording in three, two, and one. So much is lost. I'm curious to take. Overwhelms me with its tempting smile. Ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I want to definitely thank LA Galaxy 2 head coach, Kurt Arnolfo, for stopping by the show. 
always great to have Kurt on and obviously get out to that game. I don't know what else I can tell you. All right, get out to the LA Galaxy 2 game versus the Orange County Blues. Should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. We transition now, and I knew I needed somebody to help me for the second segment. I knew I needed somebody way smarter than me. Um, this is this is this is a first too, because uh, quite honestly, the person I'm having on actually writes for Corner of the Galaxy, and why not have somebody who writes for Corner of the Galaxy? So please welcome to the show. You've seen her on the Periscope feed. You see her on Twitter all the time. She's joining us for the very first time. Please welcome Wendy Thomas. Wendy, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun now. So I wanted to go over standings, wanted to go over some schedule stuff, just sort of get your ideas and your thoughts on it, and then we'll transition to Seattle. The first thing, obviously, is the Western Conference standings with the LA Galaxy sitting at fifty points, two points better than Vancouver, who still has a game in hand on the Galaxy. But the LA Galaxy also lead in points per game as well. So as we're looking at the whole big picture there, Wendy, the LA Galaxy actually in first place with the points per game in first place as well. So uh, this is this is only temporary for the Galaxy, or is this a permanent thing? You think they're going to stay up there? Oh, well, I think that not only uh, does the Galaxy have to take into consideration that Vancouver has one game in hand on them, but FC Dallas has two games in hand on them and actually has a higher points per game uh, percentage and average than uh, over the Galaxy. So, Although Seattle is in fourth right now, I think the two teams that we would be most concerned about for the purposes of the Western Conference uh, Championship would be uh, Vancouver and Dallas. Um, And I think also, I mean, what's probably most likely since I predicted this at the outset of the season was that an Eastern Conference team would actually take the supporter shield. And I'm not going to back down from that. I'm going to stick with my prediction that the New York Red Bulls are going to take it. Yeah, well, it, it wouldn't be surprising, especially whenever you look at the Patsies that are over on the Eastern Conference. You do have two <laughs> expansion teams. Um, you have two expansion teams in a conference, and what did the Western Conference get in lieu of those two expansion teams? You get Houston, and you get Sporting and Kansas SPC. City. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and Houston generally better than they are this year. Uh, Sporting Kansas City uh pretty good this year, although certainly sliding except for, of course, their U.S. Open Cup win. Um, And even whenever you look at Sporting Kansas City, you have to look at the game they just played against the Seattle Sounders as well. So you look at all this stuff in here, and I could certainly understand how New York or or a team from the Eastern Conference, and it's going to be New York if it's going to be anybody, um, it could take that supporter shield and, and sort of cruise through that easy schedule. Do you think that New York is a real contender from the Eastern Conference as far as an MLS Cup contender? Or is the is that conference so weak, Wendy, that really anybody who can progress through that might have a very difficult time against this Western Conference? Oh, I think that anyone who... I mean, I think that if an Eastern Conference team does take the MLS Cup, the most likely candidate is the New York Red Bulls. For example, if you're looking at points per game, they have 1.66 points per game, which is higher than anyone in the Western Conference. So it's not like they're a slouch team. Um, I think that depending on form and how people enter the playoffs, you know, one thing that Bruce Arena always um, does so well is he, you know, gets momentum going at precisely the right moment in the season. And that's sort of the hallmark of an Arena Galaxy team is that it gets its mojo going right when the playoffs start and then can take it all the way through to the beginning of December. Um, But I think that... Uh, New York could do it. I think that Columbus could do it. I even think New England could do it. I I, I think it's less likely that a team like D.C. or Montreal um, would, even though I think they are going to make the playoffs because, you know, D.C. has fallen off so much. Montreal is – Montreal, what they've done with Didier Drogba has been really impressive, but I think it's most likely – if a team from the Eastern Conference takes it, I think it would be New York. From the Western Conference, obviously, you know, it's a murderer's row of teams. And uh, honestly, it could be almost anyone. I mean, I think Galaxy, Vancouver, Dallas, Seattle, Kansas City. I mean, honestly, aren't they all contenders? They, they really are. I mean, it's all about who's getting hot. So if, if it is all about who's getting hot, then, you know, you look at the LA Galaxy getting the win out of their out of their three-game slide, which Bruce Serena says there was nothing wrong with that team during the three-game slide, Wendy, so you should pay no attention 
to those three games. Bruce, pay no attention to those three games behind the curtain. All right, those, those there was nothing wrong with this team. But now that this is like the emperor has no clothes. It, 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 you know, sometimes I think Bruce Arena just chooses not to acknowledge facts, and then he'll he'll call you out for for it being. He goes, "That's full. All you guys ever do is look at the score line, and that's the answer to everything." Well, Bruce, when you don't score any goals yeah. in three games, then yeah, I'm gonna look at the score line. Well, he's both right and wrong, which is that if you take a statistically small sample of, uh, you know, very few games, then you're going to find, um, you know, abnormalities, you know. And his point, I think, uh, is that things will regress to the mean. You know, this team will score goals over a long enough period of time, so a short drought is not anything to get too up in arms about. That being said, we are three games away from the playoffs, and, you know, Bruce knows better than anyone that momentum is critical. And right now, we have a game against Seattle this weekend, and momentum, I think, is with Seattle, not Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, there certainly is something to see about that. Seattle certainly, after going down to the depths of the cellar and losing however many games in a row they lost and making their fan base cry, which is always appreciated as an LA Galaxy fan, <laughs> um, certainly appreciate that. But now they're, they are back, sort of uh, looking in the right direction. Um, you know, lots of things to look at from that game whenever we get there as well. So I, it's going to be interesting. I think if you're looking at the two teams in the West that I worry about the most, um, it's the LA Galaxy and it's Seattle Sounders. And I worry about the LA Galaxy because their defense is horrible. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, Seattle right now has a pretty complete team. Obviously, we can talk about the injury to Chad Marshall coming up a, a little bit. So, so we'll see about that. Um, what, what else? What else did you want to say? Well, I don't think that the Galaxy defense is horrible. I mean, this is, you know, something that we go back and forth about on Twitter all the time, which is that the Galaxy actually, when they put in a complete performance, probably has one of the best defenses in MLS. It's just this question of, um, you know, for Omar Gonzalez, a player who has at times shown glimpses of being a wonderful defender. You know, when you're when I was watching the Montreal game, I was just thinking to myself, oh man, this guy, he could do his potential is there. I mean, he was shutting down Didier Drogba in the air, on the ground. He didn't let him get anywhere. And there's, you know, there, there are defenders all over the world who could give master classes and how difficult it is to shut down Didier Drogba. And Omar did a, a perfectly good job of doing so. Right. And so the frustrating thing is that why can't we get a complete performance on a more consistent basis from a player like Omar Gonzalez? I have no criticisms. I mean, AJ, uh, over the weekend, he was fantastic. You know, he, he always right. does the business, whether he's playing it right back or center back. So I really don't have any criticisms about AJ. Um, and Robbie obviously didn't have a great game, but, no, he didn't. you know, uh, they can put together a complete defensive performance. It's just so inconsistent that you wonder, you know, wh- why do why do they tune out? Why does that happen? Yeah, I mean, if that's the answer. See, and that's sort of the thing. You're absolutely right. I think the thing that gives me, it would be it would be one thing if you had a team that had horrible defenders but we know each individually can play defense really well so so why are they shutting off that's probably more frustrating than just you know sort of having crappy players um you at least know you have crappy players and there's not much you can do about it here for the LA Galaxy a team that usually has a very good defense Wendy they struggle to put together the complete performances. So I agree with you 100%. All right, let's move on to the schedule now. I sort of want to dive into this just a little bit. Obviously, the away game up at Seattle on Sunday. You know about that. Home game at Portland. Last regular season home game. Portland Timbers. Eh, Portland this year, right on the line. They got a lot of fight. They got a lot of lot to fight for. I'm not sure I'm scared of them, so I don't know how much you, anybody should really be worried about Portland. No, I wouldn't worry about Portland, but if you look at, for example, the lineup uh, between us and Seattle, we have uh, Seattle away, Portland at home, Kansas City away. Kansas City is, you know, they won the the Open Cup last night. They're doing great. They have, uh, you know, at times they can be lethal. And Seattle, for example, has us at home, Houston away, and RSL at home. Another thing you have to look at is who has two home games left who has one home game left. We only have one home game left. And while we almost always win at home, 
our away record is terrible. And so, you know, winning away at Kansas City the last game of the season, that that's, all, I think, an uphill battle. Yeah, it, it certainly is, especially with the LA Galaxy's road form, sporting Kansas City on mm-hmm. the road there. And then it's also a question of what is Bruce going to do the last week of the season? You have a Sunday game versus Portland. You have a Sunday game versus sporting Kansas City and smack dab in the middle of Wednesday CCL game and whether or not... There you go. Who's going to travel for that game? Who are we sending down? You can't send LA Galaxy 2. Yeah, you can't send... It's all kids. You can't send all of LA Galaxy 2, all right? So you you have some of that. But no, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that. I'm in agreement with you. I think it's a young team. You don't have to worry about any of the starters and and all that good stuff. So just sort of... That's that's the schedule I wanted everybody to sort of keep an eye on to understand where this schedule is. Again, only four games remaining in the season. One of those is a CCL game. So only three MLS games remaining. Uh, We're almost there, which is amazing because whenever I always do this podcast in like preseason, I'm always like, wow, there's going to be 34 games and how is that ever going to happen? And and now we're down the last three MLS games. So now, Wendy, we turn our focus to the Seattle Sounders versus the LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy will travel according to their schedule up on Saturday. So you can look for the LA Galaxy uh, Twitter uh, to start put taking pictures of the guys heading on the plane on Saturday morning as they head up to Seattle to take on the Sounders Sunday, October 4th, 6 30 PM Pacific time. This game is going to be broadcast on Fox sports one Fox Deportes and nine eighty AM the, and on the beast that is nine eighty AM the beast. They also have the beast app in case you're away from your computer. And then in Espanol, 1330 AM, as I always say, all right, Seattle's last game, Wendy one, one draw with sporting Kansas city at SKC. So it was away. But whenever you look at the lineup that SKC put out, Seattle should have been able to do a lot more with that. Yeah, but they were away. I mean, I think that Seattle, ever since August 1st, on or about when Oba and Deuce came back fully from injury, Seattle actually has been very, very good. They've had... uh, they haven't um, lost a home game since uh, August 1st against Vancouver. They haven't uh, lost um, the last game. They lost uh, they lost a CCL game, I guess, to Olympia on August 26th. Uh, and on August 22nd, they lost to RSL. Since then, it's been nothing but wins and ties. Right. One, uh, they, they won against uh, Vancouver twice in one week period. They got an away tie to Vancouver, home win against Toronto, a home win against Portland. So it, they're they're in form. I mean, absent the injury issue with respect to their defensive line, they are uh, they sh- they're situated very well for this weekend's game. They're going to be in century length. It's a very difficult field to play in if you're an away team. And I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it will be always, uh, always a lot of people. Always, as Adam Serrano once said, he loves how loud they can be and how quiet they get whenever the Galaxy score. And of course, <laughs> the last time the LA Galaxy were even at CenturyLink Field, uh, a little, a little, oh, little player so like Juninho, little player like Juninho uh, was was there oh. scoring a goal on them, making them all quiet in the uh, in the playoffs last year as the LA Galaxy marched on their way to an eventual MLS Cup and silenced that uh, that state. So that was the last time, awesome. which is kind of kind of crazy to think. I think we played uh, Seattle twice at home already, and so this is the 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 away game um, part of the three that you play in conference and, and how that all works. So it's, it's good to see. I'm excited to see it. Uh, the injury that we're talking about to Chad Marshall. It, it kind of scary, actually. And you know, I'm never yeah. I'm never one Wendy who likes to be. Um, no, no, happy no. that no, anybody no. gets never, injured. Never, never cheer for injuries. No, no, no. no, no it's be- a tragedy. Yeah, it can happen to you. Remember Chad Barrett broke his ankle um, just before MLS Cup. And so, you know, just that's that's how it goes. Chad Marshall fell and hit his head, apparently, during training. It was late in training. Uh, was taking off the field in a stretcher. Also, I think on a backboard. Um, they they did all the precautions. He tweeted out later that night, um, basically, that he was okay. And the, so far, the scans look good. And so, you know, that's good news. His status right now is completely unknown, and I have to think if there's even a hint of any sort of head or neck injury, um, you know, even precautionary, that he's not going to play in this game. Um, and that's a big boon for the LA Galaxy if it does indeed happen, because Marshall, a very physical defender, although I don't think he's technically very good at defending Wendy. I'm not a big fan of his. I think he uses his physical skills more than anything and probably should get called for fouls a lot more than he does. Um, but still, it would be it would be interesting to see sort of the matchup that would happen if Chad Marshall isn't there and the LA Galaxy having, you know, obviously the Robbie Keane and Giovanni Dos Santos and what they're able to do on the carpet up at CenturyLink. 
Yes, what's interesting is that the attacking lines for both of these teams are fully fit right now. So on one end, you have Ova and Deuce, who can tear apart pretty much any defensive line in MLS. And at the other end, you have Kino, Gio, Seba, Giassi, which is a terrifying attacking formation. Um, With respect to Seattle's defensive problems, I don't think that it's just Chad Marshall. I mean, you know, obviously that's a huge hand. We, you know, I I don't think we'll see him because if it's a precautionary, even if they're even slightly concerned about concussion problems, I don't think they're going to risk it. And if you add to that that uh, Roman Torres is out, that's the uh, Panamanian defender who joined them in August. He almost immediately got injured. Um, Andres Correa is out. You've got Andy videos. Craven is out. O'Neill Fisher is out. Um, so. Yeah, no, it, it'll, it'll, it's certainly going to be interesting to see sort of where all of that goes. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts here. And yes, if you did hear that, um, the the desktop app that you have for uh, for the LA Galaxy where they deliver videos tells you that you've got videos. Um, so apparently, <laughs> I have a new LA Galaxy video I need to go do, and I should also once again put my computer in do not disturb mode. So having done that, and and not going to watch the video right now, I'm going to save it for later. Um, what a great advertisement for them! They should pay me for that. Jesus. <laughs> And I was going to say O'Neal Fisher is out. So I imagine that you'll see something like, I think Chad Marshall will be out. I think Brad Evans, uh, Tyrone Mears, um, I think uh, Leonardo Gonzalez is left back. And then, I don't know, maybe Dylan Remick, Zach Scott. I think that their defensive line is sort of going to be a question mark. But that leaves a big opening for Kino and Gio to do some damage. So I hate to do this. I hate to predict a lot of goals because the last time I predicted a lot of goals, we got a nil-nil draw against Montreal. But yes. I, it's hard for me to imagine how people aren't going to score goals in this game because, you know, Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey can score goals in this league, and Kino and Gio can score goals in this league. It's, I just can't imagine how there isn't going to be goals scored. Yep, yep, we always say that. We always say we can't imagine <laughs> how goals score, and then they, and then they don't score goals. Remember, you're playing and on it's going to be a nil-nil draw. It'll be a 0-0 draw. That's exactly what will happen. And remember, you're playing basically on a ping-pong table uh, with the concrete <laughs> uh, that is down there at CenturyLink Field. Uh, never fun. Um, you know, we'll see how it all uh, all goes and how everything uh, pans out. But obviously, this is going to be a huge game for the LA Galaxy. Really, if Wendy, if they want to be realistic about their supporter shield, if they win this game, they have a shot at it. Um, if they draw this game, maybe, but probably not. Uh, yeah, I know. It would be a lot more difficult. Um, and if they lose this game, which is a very real possibility with the way Seattle's playing. Um, in, in fact, is there some part of you that almost says, hey, you know, if the Galaxy lose this game, that might be okay. Because if, if, if you go into the playoffs and you have to face against Seattle, don't you want them just a little bit angry? Don't you, don't, you want, don't you want them just a little bit ticked off? Like, hey, we, I don't want them to have like an easy victory over Seattle and then all of a sudden go into the playoffs and get smacked by them. I would rather, I would rather not win this game and then kick their ass in the playoffs. Of course, I want them to win every game, so it, I'm also torn with that. What, it, it, is there anything to that? Well, as you recall, last year, Seattle nabbed the supporter shield in the very last uh, game against the Los Angeles Galaxy and... Um, then, you know, we came back to win the support of the MLS Cup, and I think that there was an element of retribution with the way the LA Galaxy played Seattle. And I think, you know, playing away for the last game, because that's essentially the advantage that we would cede to the team that wins. In Seattle last year, you know, we, we still managed to get business done, and I don't think that it's necessarily too... I think that, you know, the whole, um, you know, playing one game home and away. I don't know if there's a huge difference between getting the home game first or second. Last year we did fine and, you know, managed to, uh, you know, I mean, yes, we, we, you know, we, we did shut down the Seattle last game of the season. I think my biggest concern would be playing away more to a team like Dallas or Kansas city. Yeah, no, and and it'll be uh, be interesting. Maybe maybe a, a time zone thing the LA Galaxy don't like. I have no idea. Anyway, again, LA Galaxy playing Seattle on Sunday, six thirty p.m. Make sure you're there. I'm sure uh, LA Riot Squad. I'm sure Angel City Brigade will have their viewing party. So if you want to go hang out with some stuff, uh, of course, go and hang out with them and and, and do that and, and and cheer on the LA Galaxy. Um, October fourth, six thirty p.m. Fox Sports One, Fox Deportes, nine eighty a.m. and thirteen thirty a.m. in Espanol. Wendy, do you have a prediction? Being that I'll make sure that it's wrong, so so go ahead and and shout it on out. Uh, 
I'm, I hate to do this, but I'm going to predict an LA Galaxy loss. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say that I think we it's going to be a 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, yeah, one. I'll take it. I think that whenever I was picking, and I always have to go back to this show and actually, uh, actually go ahead and do it, um, I was picking, I think I called this one a loss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I get hopeful whenever I, whenever I get on here, as soon as I get the microphone, I always get hopeful. Uh, wondering well, if you want a reason, if you want a reason to be hopeful since Steven Gerrard joined the LA galaxy, we have actually gotten two away wins, which is two more than we had in the previous 12 months. So, 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 that's, so, so clearly, clearly, so you're saying there's a chance. All right. Um, <laughs> I think I think this is easily a uh, a two two draw, um, and I think it could easily be a three two loss for the Galaxy as well. I really want to see the defense play on the ping pong table that is the CenturyLink uh, turf. Um, I want to see this how is, Omar this plays. This is Stephen Gerrard's first game on um, turf since he joined MLS. Oh, so, so in his press conference, yeah, in his press conference, he said that he has played on plastic pitches, so he will get to experience that this weekend. Yeah, he also said that he's looking forward to winning prizes for the LA Galaxy. <laughs> so I keep imagining him opening up a Cracker Jack box and being like, "Oh, look, prizes! Look, it's an MLS Cup. We've won one." All right, so there we go. All right, Wendy. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Obviously, uh, you're you're excellent writer. You you are excellent on here. I'm sure that I know I will have you back on because I'll need more smart people to come on the show. And you are uh, you are you are excellent. So why don't you give people your Twitter handle handle where they can find you and harass you online? Oh boy. Well, uh, my Twitter handle is Barge Blonde, um, and uh, you can find me. Obviously, I write for Port of the Galaxy. I write for American Soccer Now, and um, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, that's right. She is. She's on Twitter all the time. She's always commenting on stupid stuff that I say. So please uh, go <laughs> check her out. Uh, she does a great job uh, for us here at cornerofthegalaxy.com. And I know for sure we'll, uh, we'll have her back on. So, Wendy, thanks so much. I certainly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. All right. That's Wendy Thomas writing right here for Corner of the Galaxy. So make sure you check her stuff out on cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. That was it. That was a great show. want to thank Mark Rogandino for coming on the show. want to thank LA Galaxy 2 head coach. Uh, Kurt Anolfo for coming on the show. All right. Want to thank the LA Galaxy for getting all that together. So, all that great stuff. Remember, this is Back Pocket Memory. Please go to iTunes, download their stuff. New album coming out soon. We're going to have them back on the show so they can talk about their new album and soccer as well. All right. We got, uh, we had some fun. I hope you didn't mind that I didn't have any co hosts. Uh, had a lot of really fun, great people. So, please continue to go to Corner of the Galaxy. Go to Periscope. Follow us here so that way you can get to all the shows live and interact with us as well. All right, for everyone I've had on the show, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent L.A. Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye. Goodbye.